We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. Chapter 21, beginning in verse 5. Listen to what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us this, And the people spake against God, and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? <clears throat> For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. Talking about that manna. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it came to pass that every one that is bidden, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Amen. The Bible will tell us in the book of John chapter 3, in the book of John chapter 3 beginning in, thir- in verse 13, he said, And no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that cometh down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. This morning, if you allow me for just a few moments, I want to preach to you on this subject. Look upon Jesus. Look upon Jesus. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you so much, and we're so thankful for your power and your presence that we feel in this room. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of the Lord that is in this house, settling upon each of us in the congregation today. I pray today that you would speak to us through your word that you would encourage us, you would lead us, guide us, and mature us. And Lord, help us today to not only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word also. And Lord, we'll be so careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the house. And someone shout in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for standing with me in the house. Amen. I, I want to um, turn your attention today. I, I don't know if, if you have um, been paying attention uh, very long to what is happening in our world today. I know a lot of times it is very easy for us to um, kind of put our head in the sand and uh, sometimes intentionally look away from happenings in our world. Uh, because it gives us that sense of it gives us a sense of uh, safety if we don't know what's going on, uh, and so a lot of times in our society and even in the church, people just look away and pretend that things are not happening. Uh, so if they don't know it, it won't affect them. But I need you to know today that our world is in turmoil. 
You may not feel it right here, right now, in this place, but you need to know that the world around you is falling apart. There is unrest in almost every country in this world, civil unrest, injustices, uh, and even here in America, division and divisiveness, pain and suffering. We have earthquakes that have killed thousands of people in moments, and you haven't even really heard about it. Uh, Turkey and Syria had an unbelievable uh, earthquake over the last couple of weeks. They say it killed 5,000 people almost instantaneously. And you haven't really heard about it. Other countries are flying spy equipment over our country. We either letting it happen or shooting it down. We've got other governments that are trying to work their way into um, different types of social media platforms that people are using, seeing everything you do on your phone, following you, watching you. Amen. We, got, we have a lot of stuff going on. And I'm not, I'm not here to preach about that today, but I'm here to <clears throat> remind you that the times are growing shorter every minute that we stay, stay and keep alive on this earth. God is soon to return. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a problems person. I'm a solutions type person. A lot of people like to talk about the problems. I like to talk about the solutions. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a solution mind driven person than I am a problem driven person. And my wife can tell you this because as soon as she starts talking about a problem, I immediately start talking about a solution. She doesn't want to hear the solution. She just wants to vent to me about a problem. She just wants me to hear it and be that good husband that just smiles and says, you're going to be all right, man. It's going to be okay. But I'm the person that says, well, you ought to do this, and you ought to do that, and this ought to happen, that ought to happen. I get myself in trouble because I'm solution-driven and not problem-driven. And we have a lot of people in our world today, they're just driven by problems. Problems cause them to fear, and problems cause them to hurt, and problems cause them to be bitter. And if you ask them today, how are you doing, uh, they would lead off with a problem, and they would end that conversation with a problem. Because... Our society has pushed us into become people that are focused solely on the negative. And while I am not preaching today that we should not pay attention, my Lord, we ought to pay attention. The Bible tells us to do two things, watch and pray. And we should be watching. We should be the watchman on the wall and we should be praying. However, I do not come today to preach to you about the problem. I come today to preach to you about the solution. Hallelujah. There is an answer for the world today, and there is a solution for the world today. There is a common denominator that will bring an equation to a solution every time. No matter where it's put into the problem, it is always the answer. No matter what problem it faces, no matter what situation it faces, if you add it into the equation, it is always the solution. The children of Israel had a problem. They had a problem because they felt like God had abandoned them, took them out of a bad situation and put them in a worse situation. He didn't save us. He just brought us out here to die. We were dying anyway, but now we're dying out here. At one point, they'll say, that the Lord has brought them out there. He, they, they said, wasn't there graves in Egypt? 
I mean, if, if we were going to die, we could have just been buried in Egypt because there were graves in Egypt. But he's brought us out here into the wilderness where there's no graves, and we're going to die out here. And they begin to speak against, the, against God, and they begin to speak against Moses. And the Lord didn't like that. And so the Lord sent them serpents. These serpents moved among the people, came out of nowhere, and they were biting people. People found them in the way. They found them beside the road. They found them in the bushes. They found them in their tents. And these serpents would bite the people, and the people that were bitten would die. And the people came to Moses and repented. They didn't really repent. They confessed. They said, Moses, we've been talking about you, and we've been talking about God. Amongst ourselves, we've been spreading all these lies about you and all these lies about God. We've, we've sinned. We have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and we spoke against you. And they said, please take away the serpents from among us. And so Moses prayed for the people. That's a good man of God right there. I said, that's a good man of God right there. He said, hey, we've been talking about you and now we're in trouble. And he said, well, I'm gonna pray for you. Amen. Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent. I sent the serpents and I want you to make a fiery serpent. I want you to make something that looks like the problem. And set it upon a pole. And, when it, come, and it shall come to pass that when someone is bitten, if they'll just look at the serpent, they shall live. They don't have to drink any potion. They don't have to do some special thing. All they need to do is just look. Look up and look upon the serpent. And when they look upon it, they will be healed and they will live. This is an Old Testament story, but it is a type and shadow. And John will bring us that type and shadow in his book, John chapter 3 and verse 13, when he says that just like Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness. Jesus speaking to his disciples, he said, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Amen. Anybody thankful that he was lifted up? Anybody grateful that he was lifted up? Because he told them earlier on, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up and people can see me, if they just look upon Jesus, look upon him, they shall be saved. I come today to preach to you that there is a long list of problems, but there's a short list in solutions. There's a long list of issues that we face in this world today. Everybody in this room can stand up and give me a personal testimony of everything you personally are facing in your life. You could stand today and give me a litmus test of all the things that are happening wrong in your world. And the solution is Jesus. 
And we, we could have people stand up today and tell us all about everything that's happening in the world and everything that's going on in our country, in our communities, all across this planet. But that solution remains the same. The solution for you is the same for them. It's the same for me. And it's whosoever will. Jesus is still the answer. Do you know how to get over fear? Look upon Jesus. Do you know how to get over anxiety? Look upon Jesus. Do you know how to get out of your situations? Look upon Jesus. Do you know how to make it to another day? Look upon Jesus. Do you know how to get out of a terrible night? Look upon Jesus. Do you know how to get out of a horrible situation? Look upon Jesus. He's still the answer. He's still the solution. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says in Mark 5, I'm not going to read it all because I don't have a lot of time, but I want to preach to you about what happens when you look upon Jesus. The Bible says in Mark 5, when they came over to the other side, that country of the Gadarenes, there came out a man from the tomb. He was possessed with a legion of devils. He lived in the caves where the dead people lived. He was naked and chains were hanging off of him because every time they put him in chains, he would tear them asunder. He would take rocks and cut himself day and night, weeping and crying in the tombs. But the Bible said that when he looked upon Jesus, when he saw Jesus, every devil in hell, every chain on his hand, every suicidal thought, every enemy that was fighting him when he looked upon Jesus, they had no more power over him because the Bible says he ran to him and he fell on his face and he worshiped Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. If you're looking at me, you're looking at the wrong thing. I can't help you. If you're looking at the church, you're looking at the wrong thing. The church can't help you. If you're looking at other people, you're looking at the wrong thing. They can't help you. But I come today to tell you, look upon Jesus. Because everything that's holding you back, everything that wants to keep you bound, every addiction, every problem, every issue has to bow at the face of Jesus. Oh, I didn't come to preach about problems. I came to preach about solution. He's the answer for the world today. He's the answer for your broken heart. He's the answer for your broken marriage. He's the answer for your addicted self. He's the answer for your diseased body. He's the answer for every sin in your soul. He's the answer. Hey, he's still the answer for the world today. Oh, yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's Jesus. Jesus is still the answer. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, there was a man. The Bible said, behold, there was a man. Watch what it says. He was full of leprosy. He didn't have a little leprosy. He didn't have a touch of leprosy. He was full of leprosy. You know, leprosy is a disease that begins small. And then slowly takes over the whole body. It starts, namely, it starts with a, with a small rash that won't heal, a small wound that won't heal. And over time, over time, leprosy becomes, it, it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And pretty soon it's taken over the entire person's body. This man didn't have a little bit of it. It, it, it wasn't just a small rash. It wasn't just beginning. The Bible said he was full of leprosy all the way. This man got 
got it all. He was full of it. Watch what the Bible says. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who, seeing Jesus, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. Oh, hallelujah. Leprosy couldn't stop him from seeing Jesus. Oh, when he saw Jesus, it didn't matter that he was a leper anymore. You see, lepers weren't even supposed to talk to people. Lepers weren't even supposed to come close to people. It was the rule. It was the law that if you were a leper, you would cross the street and you would make yourself known unclean, unclean, unclean. But you could not come near to someone who was clean, but this man broke every law when he saw Jesus. Can I tell you, I know what the world says about you. I know maybe what your mother and father said about you. I know the rules and regulations that you may have been living under in your life and the systems that have kept you where you are, but when I tell you, if you'll ever look upon Jesus, every system that has held you will have to release you. Can I preach for a little... I feel my help coming on now. Y'all don't want to help me. That's okay. I got my help now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house because there's people in this room you've been controlled by systems and you've been controlled by people and you've been controlled by issues but you got a problem and the answer to your problem is Jesus. So I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I don't care what the protocol is. I don't care what the plan is. You want to find a way to get to Jesus and say, Jesus, if thou can, would you heal me? If you're waiting on a doctor, you, it ain't going to happen. If you're waiting on a lawyer, it ain't going to happen. If you're waiting on a banker, it ain't going to happen. If you're waiting on a judge, it ain't going to happen. But Jesus has the answer. Jesus is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. You ought to lift your voice and shout, Jesus. Oh yeah, call on him. Call on his name. He said, I'm as close as the mention of my name. He said, call on me and I'll be there for everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. He'll answer. Oh, hallelujah. Oh yeah. It's amazing to me. This ain't even in my notes, but let me just break this down for you a little bit because I preached a message not long ago called the law of leprosy. There's a law of leprosy. You'll find it in the book of Leviticus. In the book of Leviticus, there's a law of leprosy. And that law of leprosy in the book of Leviticus has a special way to be cleansed. The Bible says that if a leper will be cleansed, let him come into the priest. And when he comes into the priest, let the priest take two turtle doves, two doves, spotless, without, without any disease. And let him take those two turtle doves and Take one of the turtle doves and hold it in place. And he said, take the other turtle dove and put him in an earthen vessel. Put him in a pot and put the pot in the water and kill the dove in the flowing water and let the blood flow from the dove and take the blood from the water and sprinkle the other turtle dove with the blood from the dead turtle dove and set the turtle dove free. This is the law of leprosy. He said, then take that blood from that dove and sprinkle it upon the leper and then give him seven days in his tent and let him stay, let him be on house arrest for seven days. And on the eighth day, when he comes out, he'll be purified. Oh, hallelujah. 
And that was the law of leprosy. At the end of those seven days, when you came out, if you weren't healed, if that rash wasn't gone, if that leprosy wasn't gone, then you were put outside the camp and you were done for. And this was the way that leprosy was atoned. It took two turtle doves, one alive and one dead, one killed in an earthen vessel. Hallelujah. <laughs> he came in an earthen vessel. He came just like me. A man of no means, made of himself no reputation. He came. Listen, when this leper was speaking to Jesus, he didn't know. He didn't know that he was speaking to the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. He didn't know that he was speaking to the atonement inside of an earthen vessel. The law of the leper was in Jesus. Jesus could heal him. Jesus could save. He said, if you will, will you make me clean? And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, it didn't take seven days, didn't take seven minutes, didn't take seven seconds. When he laid his hands on him, the atonement in the earthen vessel, Immediately the leprosy departed from him. I come to tell somebody that there is an immediately miracle in this house today. If you'll say, Lord, will you? Jesus, will you? There is an immediate, I don't care how long it took you to get this way. The Bible said he was full of leprosy. That means he had been this way for a long time. Leprosy is a slow-moving disease. But healing isn't a slow-moving healing. Jesus ain't a slow-moving God. He said, when I said, come out, it has to come out. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Who am I preaching to today? Oh, yeah, you know about him, but you ain't never turned to him. You've read about him, but you've never turned to him. You know he exists, but you keep looking at the church. You keep looking at the pastor. You keep looking at religion. You keep looking on us. Do not look upon us. Why do you look upon us as, like, as if we have something for you? Silver and gold have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ, my, my, my. I don't, I don't have what you need, but I know a name. I don't have what you want, but I know a name such as I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up out of your situation. Rise up out of your problem. Rise up out of your darkness. Rise up out of your woundedness. Rise up out of your disease. Rise up out of your bitterness. In the name of Jesus. Look upon him. Look upon Jesus. You say, well, how do, I, how do I see Jesus? I can't see him because everything in my life is so big. Everything's over me. This, this, this disease is so big, it's hard to see Jesus. This problem is so difficult that it's hard to see Jesus in the middle of it. This mountain is so high, it's blocking my view. I don't know how, Pastor Chavis. I can really see him. Well, I got a story for you. Because there was a man in the Bible. He couldn't see over people. He was a little person. The Bible says he was small of stature. But he wanted to see Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was small. But the Bible says he was among the chief publicans. And he was rich. What the Bible says, he was rich. He was rich. This man 
who wanted to see Jesus. He didn't need no wealth. He didn't need no money. He didn't need no position. He, 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 was, he already had political position and political power and the money to go along with it. But he still needed Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Uh, sometimes when you have the power and you have the position and you have the money, it's hard to see Jesus. It's, it, it's hard to see him when you have everything that you think you need. He was a chief, he was a publican, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. I got to see him. I got to see Jesus. I've heard all about him, but I got to see him. I've heard my mama talk about him, but I need to see him. I heard my daddy talk about him, but I need to see him. My preacher preaches about him every Sunday, but I need to see him. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know you can come to church and go to hell right on a pew? Because you keep looking up here, but you don't look up there. You ought to see Jesus. Man, stop looking at me. You ought to see Jesus. You ought to see him. You got to look over me. The Bible says that Zacchaeus found out where he was coming. And Jesus entered into Jericho. He sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And so he ran before he went ahead of everybody. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I could preach here for a little bit. Listen, if you really are, if you are ever going to see Jesus, you're going to have to get ahead of everybody. You're going to have to leave all them people back. Listen, sometimes you have to change your position to get in a position to see Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He understood my money cannot buy me a view. My politics cannot buy me a view. My position and my power cannot buy me a view. If I want to see Jesus, I'm going to have to get out of here and get somewhere where I can get up. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes your friends got to change. Well, 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 well. Sometimes your, your, your little group has to change up a little bit. So if you really want to see Jesus, you can't see Jesus around everybody sometimes. Because so-and-so is blocking my view and so-and-so is blocking this. And, so, and I can't even see Jesus because of my girlfriend, because of my boyfriend, because of my pal, because of my homie. I can't even. So the Bible says he ran ahead. He left the crowd behind and he ran ahead. He ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Ooh, hallelujah. Climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. <clears throat> For he was to pass that way. Zacchaeus knew where he was going. Zacchaeus knew if I get here in this position, he will pass this way and I'll have a chance to see him. Sometimes, you got to go to where you know he's going to be. We're not live streaming today, so I can't preach to nobody just yet, but I will in that 11.30 service. You better believe me. Here's what I'm going to say in the 11.30 service. I'm going to say this. You got to get to where you know he's going to be at. You can stay home. And you can go over here and you can go over there. Or you can go to the place where I know he's going to pass by. Hallelujah. And I know that if I'm in the house, he's going to pass by. I know. 
It may not be the first song. We may just all be kind of waking up. It may not be that second song. But at some point in this service, I'm going to feel a brush of angels' wings. And I'm going to say, Jesus is here right now. And that's the moment. I'm not waiting on the preacher. I'm not waiting on an altar call. I'm not waiting on your protocol. I'm not waiting on your spirituality. I'm going to say, Jesus. I'm going to find a way to see him. And I'm going to get to where he is. Oh, yes, he climbed up in that sycamore tree for he knew he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. Oh, here's what you need to know. If you will get into a position to see him, he will see you. Oh, if you will get yourself in a place to see Jesus. Jesus will see you. Mm. Can, I, can I give you a type and shadow from the Old Testament? You remember when Jehoshaphat was in trouble and all the kings came against Jehoshaphat and the Bible says that Jehoshaphat was afraid and he set himself. This is 1 Chronicles chapter 20 or maybe 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I know it's chapter 20. I don't know if it's one or two. Y'all got to forgive me. It's not here in my notes today. But the Bible says that Jehoshaphat was afraid and he set himself to seek the Lord. And he gathered the people together. And he, 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 he prayed with the people who all gathered at the, at the temple. And they prayed and they said, Lord, aren't you our God? Didn't you give us this land? Did, aren't you the God of our fathers? Will you not deal with this people? And here's what Jehoshaphat said. When it came to that last verse, this is what Jehoshaphat said. He said this. He said, we gather ourselves together and we know not what to do, but we look to you. That's what Jehoshaphat said. He said, we, he said, we are here. We don't know what to do, but we look to you. The very next scripture says, and the spirit of the Lord fell upon Jehaziel. And Jehaziel said, O people of Israel, fear not. You will not fight in this battle. Powerful. But it's more powerful if you know what the word Jehaziel means. Jehaziel means the eyes of the Lord are upon you. So here's what happened. Jehoshaphat said, we will set ourselves in a place and Lord, we're looking to you. And the Lord spoke through a man whose name was, I'm looking at you. If that don't get you going, ain't nothing going to get you. I don't know what to do. I'm telling you, if you get yourself in a place to see him, he'll see you. I don't know how many trees Jesus walked under that day. I don't know how many sycamores Jesus passed by that day. But somehow, some way, Jesus looked up in the sycamore that Zacchaeus was in. Because Zacchaeus was looking. He didn't want to talk to him. He just wanted to see him. Zacchaeus didn't want to say anything to him. He just wanted to see him. But when he saw him, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I see you. Why are you in the tree? He said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down. I must abide at thy house. Woo. Here's what I want to help you with today. If you go see him, he'll see you and he'll invite himself over. Yes. I 
There's some folks in this room today, you ought to invite Jesus in. But there's also some people today, all you got to do is look at him and he will invite himself. He said, I'm coming to your house today. I'm going to eat your food. I'm going to sit at your table. I'm going to heal your diseases. I'm going to fix your problem. I'm coming to your house today. Somebody shout, look upon Jesus. Shout it again, look upon Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. My, 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 my. I'm almost done. My goodness. It's Jesus. Jesus is still the answer. And Jesus is still the only way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I know it's Sunday morning and maybe I should be preaching something profound to you. Something real deep, super spiritual. But ain't nothing deeper than what I'm preaching right now. This is as deep as it gets. Jesus. Because you can search the depths and it's Jesus. And you can search the heights and it's Jesus. You can go east and west and it's still Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus. The answer for the world today. Jesus. He was in the beginning. And the word became flesh. And he is right now. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the beginning and the ending. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the first and I am the last. I am the lion and I'm also the lamb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I'm, 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 I'm all those things in one. That's, that's why the, the, the disciples were so confused because he was sleeping. And they said, he, he, he must be a man because he's asleep. But then he woke up and spoke to the storm in first person name, peace, be still. And they said, he can't be a man. He, I, I ain't ever seen no man talk to the winds and the waves and they obey him. He, he can't be a man. He was hungry. And so well, he got to be a man because he's hungry. But when he started breaking the fish and breaking the bread and breaking it and breaking it and they kept feeding and they fed 5,000, they said, he can't be no man. I ain't never seen a man take a lunch and feed a multitude. Oh, because he was the lion and he was the lamb. He was the alpha and he was the omega. He was the beginning and he was the ending. He was the first and he was the last. He was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hey, he's all that and more. Jesus. Jesus. I know that me and you as apostolics, most of us in this room, most of us raise apostolics, many of us raise apostolic, raise Pentecostal. I know me and you believe that the, the message of Acts chapter 2 is repent, be baptized, and fill with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We, we really believe that that's the message. But I, I want to shake your theology as I'm closing. I want to shake your theology today and I want to tell you that's not the message of Acts chapter 2. It's not. It's the culmination of time. It's Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. It is a celebration of harvest. It is a culmination of things. It's the ending of a thing and the beginning of a thing. It's Pentecost. Pentecost means 50. That's what it means. In the day of Pentecost, when they were all gathered together, and they said, what is this? 
Peter stood up. He started preaching. Here's the message. This is that. That the prophet Joel spoke about. And then Peter began to preach the message. Here's the message. This Jesus, whom ye tried and crucified, God hath made him both Lord and King. Hey, David spoke about him. David said, my Lord would not leave my soul in hell. And Peter preaches a message, and the message is Jesus. That's what he preached. He preached Jesus to them. Because many of them have heard the rumors about Jesus. And many of them standing that day had even watched Jesus die on that cross. But they'd never heard Jesus like that. They had never heard that our father Abraham spoke about him. That Moses was a type and shadow of him. They never heard that Jacob and, and, and Isaac were the forerunners of this man called Jesus. They didn't know. They had heard of a Messiah. But when he preached Jesus to them, they saw the Messiah. And then they asked, what shall we do? <laughs> and here was the altar call. <laughs> Not the message, the altar call. This is how it ended. This is how it culminated. They heard Jesus and they were pricked in their hearts. Because Jesus is the only thing that can touch your heart. My religion will never touch your heart. My denomination will never touch your heart. My good singing will never touch your heart. My good preaching may never touch your heart. This building and this edifice will never touch your heart. But Jesus, Jesus can touch your heart. And they were pricked in their hearts and they said, oh, we see, we see Jesus. We see him. He was just showing them Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, they said, what shall we do? He said, repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. He was preaching to them that, that gospel, that blood, that burial, and that resurrection. The blood, the burial, the resurrection, the gospel. He preached to them that gospel. The gospel was the saving moment, but it was Jesus. Oh, yeah. In Acts chapter 8, we see it again. Oh, Philip. Philip wasn't even a disciple. Philip was just a minister who was waiting tables. Look it up. He wasn't one of the 12. He was just a minister who was waiting tables, and the Lord had put a great ministry in him. And Philip went down to Samaria. And here's what the Bible says. He went down to Samaria. Read it in Acts chapter 8. And he preached Jesus to them. Just Jesus. He didn't preach nothing else. He didn't preach baptism. He didn't preach Holy Ghost. He preached Jesus. And when he preached Jesus, the Bible says they were all filled with joy. And they were all baptized. Listen, he preached Jesus so hard, the Bible said the witches got baptized. The witches and the warlocks were coming down to the water because Jesus is no respecter of persons. So oh, hallelujah. Jesus will reach anybody, anywhere. Come on, somebody. There, there's nobody that's above and nobody that's beneath that the name of Jesus can't reach them. 
There's some folks in the room today. You got a testimony. I was lost and undone. But Jesus. Uh, somebody said, well, you go down there, they're a Pentecostal church, and they're a bunch of Jesus-only people. I'm not Jesus-only. I'm only Jesus. Because <laughs> only Jesus could have brought me out of where I was. Only Jesus could have saved my soul. I'm not no Jesus. Only, I'm only, only Jesus could have brought me what I was in. Only Jesus could have reached me where I was. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. The Bible says that in Acts chapter 10, Peter was struggling. Peter was struggling because he didn't believe that the Gentiles were able to receive what he had. Peter was struggling because this was only for the Jews. The Lord gave him a revelation. He said, Peter, you're a little racist. But I'm going to touch you. Oh, thank God he can save people like that. Oh, you ought not hate on people like that because the Lord could use them. The Lord, they could be the key to revival if the Lord would talk to them. You can yell at them until you're blue in the face, but when the Lord talks to them, something different happens. When the Lord touched Peter's heart, he said, oh God, I see it, Lord, thank you. I perceive, here's what he said, I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons. <laughs> this is for everybody. And old Peter went down to Cornelius' house. And here's the Gentiles. And so, you know, maybe I should dumb it down for the Gentiles. You know, the Gentiles really don't know nothing. And so maybe I should preach, you know, a little, a little Sunday school message. You know, maybe I should, I should, break. no, you know what Peter did? The Bible says, here's, here's how we started. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And Peter preached to them, Jesus. Because Jesus works in, for the Jews. Jesus works for the Samaritans. And Jesus works for the Gentiles. There's no place where Jesus don't work. As Peter was in the middle of preaching, Jesus, just Jesus. Jesus. This Jesus. Oh, Jesus. In the middle of his message about Jesus, Cornelius and his family could no longer contain what they felt and the Holy Ghost fell upon each of them. And they began to speak with other tongues. And the Jews that came with Peter were astonished, flabbergasted, blown away. Whew. Peter looked at them and said, should we forbid water? And the Jews said, no, 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 no. We cannot forbid water seeing as they have received it just like we received it. He didn't preach, he didn't preach baptism, but they got baptized. He didn't preach Holy Ghost, but they got the Holy Ghost. He preached Jesus. Jesus is the key. Jesus is the key. Uh, we have built religions around an end product that is not the product. <laughs> the product has always been Jesus. My message today is simple. Look upon Jesus. 
Look upon Jesus. He'll fill you. He'll redeem you. He'll bring you out. He'll save your soul. He'll set your feet on straight street. If there's a testimony in the room, you ought to stand to your feet and say, it was me. I was lost. I was undone. But only Jesus. Jesus saved me. Jesus redeemed me. Jesus brought me out. Remain standing all over the room. I'm closing. Two minutes past my time, and I wanted to stop. Oh, Jesus. You know what's so beautiful about Jesus is that Jesus even works for the religious folk. Because in Acts 19, Paul met 12 disciples, they were disciples. John the Baptist he said have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed they said man we ain't even heard about the Holy Ghost what you talking about he said well how was you baptized he said we were baptized into the baptism of repentance unto John's baptism he said man that's, that's great but let's do it again this time let's do it in Jesus name and they said okay and they were rebaptized in Jesus name and the Bible says that when they came out of the water, Paul laid hands on them and they all received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus will work for you no matter where you find yourself at. Jesus is the answer for you today. Not me, not this edifice, not this church. Jesus. You know why this church exists? To preach Jesus. Yeah, that's why we exist, to preach Jesus. If you've ever been through a new members class, then you have heard the vision. We see ourselves as a book of Acts, spirit-filled church, multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, reaching our community for the name Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. That's why we exist. Just Jesus. I'm here to show you Jesus. I'm not here to give you Jesus my flavor. <laughs> I'm not here to give you Jesus my version. I'm here to give you Jesus. An unashamed, biblical view of Jesus. Because when you look at him, you don't need to be looking through me. And when you look at him raised upon a pole, you know how you see Jesus today? You can see him walking through his communities. You can see Jesus today standing at the right hand of the Father. You can see Jesus today sitting on his throne. You can see Jesus today in so many different ways, but let me tell you how Jesus wants you to see him. Jesus wants you to see him lifted up on a pole. When you see Jesus today, you cannot see him without see him hanging on that cross because that's where he wants to be viewed that is his ultimate position in that moment that's when he was everything in that moment that's where he hung between two worlds his place connecting this world to that world the bridge over troubled waters the connection between God and man for there is one God, one God. 
There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And when you see that Jesus, when you see that Jesus wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, healed by his stripes, when you see that Jesus, that's how you see him. That's how you look upon him. That's when you look upon him with the crown of thorns on his head and water coming from his side. He's that dove killed. He's that turtle dove destroyed in an earthen vessel. His blood, his blood was sprinkled on you. You were the dove that got away. You were the dove that was allowed to live. You were the dove that was set free when he was killed in that earthen vessel and water poured over him like the foreshadowing in Leviticus. You were the one. You were the dove that got set free. The blood of the dead dove was sprinkled on the alive dove and the alive dove was set free. You get to go. You get to live forever. You get eternal life. You get to walk in his grace. You get to walk in his healing. You get to walk in his love. He died so you could live. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody thankful for this Jesus? I wonder today if there's anybody in the room that would like to come to an altar today and just look upon him. Look upon Jesus. Look past me. Look past everything else. And just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Would you come to an altar today? We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.